Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin and their friend gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates and information, you can find me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can find my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared, and you can find our friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This college of episode wraps up week 12 of the 2022 season. In case you're here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for a primer and explanation of what we're doing here. Otherwise, the goals for this episode are to share key information about these games, give you something to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. We will make a pick on every game, but you should take what you like and leave the rest. Remember, there are no locks and gambling so what we provide our loves likes and leans it is a b and c grade picks to indicate our confidence level with respect to scaling wagers however please understand that good and bad variants will occur so as much as we'd like to see will be profitable each and every week that is an impossible reality for any gambler uh cousin jared we had like a maybe a record 10 a grade plays in episode two so uh viewer if you haven't seen episode two go back and watch that um i feel like we might struggle to get a single a play in this episode think you're probably right and with that everybody just was like well i'm done with this maybe jake's got some good stuff so stick around to hear what jake says because i think cousin jared and i are kind of like <laughs> yeah. a little bit a little bit shakier on some of these games so we're going to give okay. you some things to think on we're going to try to outline maybe what you might want to be looking for if you like it but but we're maybe maybe some games we're going to make cases on both sides right we're going to say this is the case yeah. of this team this is the case of this team and, and and it's a choose your own adventure novel right yep exactly right uh, jake i think that means we're counting on you to, to, to carry us this show no pressure. All right. So no pressure. All right. Well, before we get to it, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, don't miss any of the college basketball and mobile or college football content that this channel provides. And a reminder, we've got that Patreon. If you're looking to get some extra benefits, membership starts at just $3 per month to get you the plays of the day and all sorts of other fun stuff. Uh, we will get right to it. All lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as the time of this recording on Wednesday night, got a bunch of Saturday games here. Got an early game, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, one kicking off, uh, you know, while big noon and game day are still happening. Um, Navy at UCF. <sighs> so sideline says <laughs> this should be 17.7. And I will say, because Jordan had a lot of discussions about this game. Um, there is a, a, a part in the model that diminishes spreads with service academies because we are expecting fewer possessions. There is a part of the model that diminishes spreads if we're expecting fewer number of points. So by turning on that filter, we're bringing this number down to 17.7. I think we should still be laying the 16 and a half because of that if i turn all that off and just look at the difference in their power ratings this spread the projection would be more like 20. um so we've already got the navy penalty and or the service academy penalty right the the idea right. that we've we've long talked about it's harder to win by a big number but because it's harder to win by a big number i'm not overly confident in it. it's just that ucf is a much better team than navy i've got them at 19. i remember early on in the season again they let us down on one of those early games but i made the comment UCF, this team has a chance to be a top 25 team. And other than like that one game, maybe one other one, they look pretty good this season. Eight and two. Again, I've got them ranked in the top 20. I've got maybe at 93rd. So, I mean, you're talking about a pretty big 
discrepancy here. UCF has the ability to put them away, unlike we saw a few weeks ago. Cincinnati didn't. So I, I think on this side of 17, I like UCF. If it's 17 and a half, that maybe changes my opinion. If it's 18 and a half, really changes your opinion, you know, yeah, right. on this game. Uh, total is 53 and a half. Do you have a pitch for the under here, or is it is, is that just a gross number in between 50, uh, yeah. 52 and 55? Yeah, that's just a gross number. And I, I every time I think of Navy, I can't get that uh, Tulsa game out of my head where Tulsa's uh, they scored like fifty something points. Tulsa scored you know thirty something points and it got into the eighties. It was it was crazy. And if there's a team that could do that uh, to Navy this season, it, it's uh, you know it's UCF. Uh, the the uh, Navy SMU game got fairly high scoring as well. And so you never like going over in an academy game, but I also wouldn't play the under in this one. I'm finally in the 16 and a half points, but I, I completely agree with you that if this got to 17 or 17 and a half, uh, I would probably be flipping the side here. Right, exactly. So we'll go see grade pick on that one that it, it's it's probably worth a look, but it's not our most confident play, like, as I mentioned in episode two. A little bit of a push, a little bit of a nudge there. We kind of like UCF, but it's not one that we're going to push hard on for you there because uh, it's such a big number in, in the game of the service academy. But at 16 and a half, it's a secret pick for us on UCF. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm on the opposite end. I'm, I'm thinking Navy with the points because I just I just don't see this game finishing out outside of 17. Uh, it's just... I think it's going to be really tough. I don't know that UCF really is going to try to put their stamp on it. They like to run the ball too. Um, I mean, Navy's got three games all year that have finished outside this number. One was the Tulsa game. You had Memphis and Houston that finished outside uh, this in losses. So I, I just I don't think UCF is going to do what they did the Temple and just randomly show up and throw up seventy. Uh, I, I, still, I still one of the craziest games of the year. Looking back. Yeah, that was insane. I, just, I think this one is going to be fairly tight. UCF will dominate the game, but it's going to be tight just because there's just not not as many possessions and not as many times to score. Yeah, it's. I think back to the SMU Navy game, and that's my biggest fear on this. If it kind of wasn't for that game, I might be able to give this a B grade because then you would add another. Jake, you said this only been out to the number three times. Well, if that SMU game hadn't finished the way it did, that'd be four times. And at some point, they've won three times, so you know it, it, it's it's more possible. But that SMU game is kind of like haunting me in the back of my brain, where SMU yeah. was out so big, and it's like I could totally see that same thing happening. That's why it's only a C grade pick for us because I could see UCF being out twenty four. And then it's like, but Navy's going to keep trying and well, even, might have a couple of like, scores or something. Even last week in Notre Dame, what, they were down like 35 right. or 13. And yep. then in the second half, Notre Dame just didn't play and they kept doing it. I was trying to put the game out of my memory. But, yes, another great example of <laughs> them playing hard at the end. So uh, we're all on opposite sides on this one, it sounds like. Uh, to the noon Eastern games, Northwestern at Purdue. Purdue's an 18.5-point favorite. I've got them ranked 41st. Northwestern, I've got at 102. Northwestern, 1-9 on the season. Uh, Purdue got to six wins, so they got their ball eligibility. Obviously, this should get them to seven. We all expect them to win. The only question is by how much. Model says it should be 18.9, so it likes laying the 18.5 with Purdue a tiny, tiny bit. Total is 44.5. I have to assume the weather is going to be cold at best for this game and not very nice, uh, which is why the, the total is... Uh, you know, on this side of 45, but this still on the north side of 44. Um, Jared, what's your take on this game? My take, my take on this game is of all the games that we're talking about today, this one may be the most disgusting in, in that everything <laughs> about it is just ugly. I personally think uh, the the best angle that I could have on this one is laying the points with uh, Purdue. Let's not get 
let's not forget how bad Northwestern is this season. Yeah. And, and Purdue still has a lot to play for, assuming Illinois loses to Michigan, which obviously Michigan's, Michigan's in a huge look-ahead spot there. Uh, but you got to think that Michigan still finds a way to take care of business against Illinois. If that is the case and Purdue wins this game, then uh, you know Purdue has a decent shot of winning the the Big Ten West. So I think you're going to get their their best effort, even if the, the, the weather's crappy and it's not a great day to be out there. I think you're going to get their, their best effort. So – Obviously, a game involving Northwestern, I would lean towards the under, especially if uh, there's a little bit of weather involved. But I think we might just be overthinking it if we wanted to to look at the total instead of the spread. Let I, I say, let's just give a C grade to lay in the points and just keep in mind, Northwestern is very, 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 very bad. <laughs> that was a lot of varies. I think the only thing in my mind is that Northwestern hung around against Ohio State. And that was a game that... Again, Ohio State had no reason to run away and blow them out, but it was also just terrible weather. And yeah. that's my only and, – and I think Northwestern hung around with Penn State in terrible weather, if I recall, as well. So it's so my only hesitation here is that this, the terrible weather games that I can think of with Northwestern involved against better teams than Purdue have been games that have gone under this number and they've covered because they've just been like, oh, we're going to – we're very comfortable playing in this ugly weather. Yeah. That's my only concern, this being on the north side of 44 being a key number – that maybe the under is a little bit better for play. But I'm like you. I don't really like anything on this one. I think if it was 45 and a half, I could be much more convinced to play the under just because 45 right. obviously is a, is a fairly likely landing spot. Right. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll officially then go C-grade pick on Purdue minus 18 and a half and just trust that Northwestern's bad. But uh, again, yep. a viewer, something to think about is those games that Northwestern's played again, the weather as you get closer, um, how, how the Ohio State and Penn State games affect uh, your view on what might happen here if the weather is equally as bad. One of those was home. One of them was on the road. Uh, Jake, what, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I want to. I want to take Purdue, but I can't get myself to do it at eighteen and a half. I, I want that number closer to seventeen. I just don't trust them. They seem to just do weird things at times. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Northwestern hasn't figured out that what whatever football they played in Ireland has not made it back to the U.S. Like the the, the teams look completely different. Uh, it's just. They're just so bad. Like it's. Please don't watch this game. I'm sorry. No, mm. no. I wouldn't even recommend investing in it because it's just bad. Everything about this is bad. <laughs> Total bad. It's priced too. Priced good for these terrible teams and just ah. <laughs> and how bad? Is, how bad does Purdue want to win the West so they can just go get demolished by either Michigan or mm. Ohio State? Like how bad do you want that? I mean, they they do. They do. There's probably an incentive in somebody's contract. <laughs> Hot to other <laughs> terrible football, New Eastern, UMass at Texas A&M. Uh, Ooh, I, yeah. Uh, total on this one's 47 and a half. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of 48s out there. There are some 48s out there. And if you're going to play the under, shop, shop around for the 48. Yeah. I, I, I want to play this under. I want to say A&M's been an under team all season. And when they've gone over, it's mostly been fluky or flu related. Mm-hmm. UMass has been mostly another team this year, but we've seen randomly that not be true for UMass. And I don't know what to expect from Texas A&M. We talked about this a little bit on the discord with some people earlier this week. Like now that there's officially no bowl in sight, I don't know what this means for this team. So, so listener, that's kind of the way to handicap this one. And you may just say, I don't care. I want to touch this game and I don't blame you at all. But if you're thinking about investing in this game, I would, I would encourage you to think through, 
when you have a team that now is not going to make a bowl, what does that do to playing younger players? What does it do to opening up things, trying new stuff? Sometimes that works really well, or sometimes it can completely backfire, and you have a situation where now we can't make a bowl, everyone's deflated, and they don't show up, and this is a situation where they might be down 13 to 10 at the half, right? It, I think mm-hmm. anything is on the table, but how you think AM is going to respond to now not making a bowl officially probably tells you how you want to play this game. Sideline says 32.2, but I don't know, again, what to make of it because the, the, the motivation for these teams is so out, out, out there that I, yeah. I don't think looking at the model here is going to do you a lot of good personally. Because, uh, Jerry, you have maybe a little bit of insight to Texas A&M being your alma mater. Uh, can, can you give us any, anything useful on this game? Well, okay, I, I think I can give you something useful on this game. Right. Uh, two, two things. Number one, and I've I've been checking. This is not available on Betstamp, so we have no way to like verify anything as of this moment. But the implied team total for A and M in this game is is forty one points. <laughs> Do you think A and M is going to score forty one points? I mean, it, I, it goes back to again: is is this a like, hey, we can't make a bowl? Let's just go out there and like have some fun and let it fly. Oh, is that oh. in Jimbo Fisher's like? life is that possible for him i completely think that they are going to do everything they can to run up the score in this game i i 100 believe that i think that normally this is a game that jimbo wants to win 34 to nothing and basically do nothing the entire second second half of the game and i believe earlier in the year they played a game or was it maybe last year was one of these type of games where like the same sort of like was it new mexico it was it was was sam houston earlier this year yes 30 yeah yeah yeah, one of those yeah exactly where it's one of those yeah he just wants to get up and then just grind it out but yeah this is again now the bulls 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 off the table a whole different setup now yeah so with that in mind i that doesn't seem like a bad play to me if you wanted to go under a&m team total but i i think that i could give a b grade to the under 47 and a half here because i think AM, there's a good possibility AM doesn't score much in this game. There's also the distinct possibility that UMass doesn't score at all in this game. Yes. Absolutely. And so I think the odds of both AM scoring and UMass scoring are very low. So I think if you play the, the game under, then you know, you just got to get one of those teams not scoring very much and you're gonna have a winner. So we'll give a B grade to the under 47 and a half. There's some 48s out there. Obviously, like 48 more than 47 and a half. You can grab that uh do that, uh, but I, I'm good with the 47 and a half. I, I'm I'm gonna Jake before we get to you real quick. I'm I'm going to say that in in this in this collaboration marriage that we have here, um, you're, you're my totals guy, and and I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna trust you. Uh, I'm gonna play this game in a protest and say. <laughs> This feels crazy, but I'm going to trust you, and and I just hope that you can give me some trust on the side that you know maybe later on in this episode or, or next week because uh, I'm a little nervous that this is like 48 zip a And M, and it's like because that's the way the A And M unders have gone <laughs> for us this season. I, I can't disagree with you on that. It has seemed like we have done the the wrong thing with the total on on every A yeah. And M game. You are yeah. correct. But we'll, we'll officially go B grade under 47 and a half. It is at minus 105, at least at Betsy. But again, there's other 48s out there. Uh, Cousin Jared, you're my totals guy. I'm going to trust you. This is your team. I, and I do agree. I don't think UMass scores very much at all. Um, yeah. And there's always a possibility that AM is only able to put up something like 31 points as well. So yeah. uh, we'll yeah. go B grade under 47 and a half. Uh, pass on the side because, goodness gracious, that number is crazy high. Uh, yeah. Jake, what's your direction for this game? First, I want to congratulate uh, Cousin Jared for being a basketball school now. Uh, yeah. Very good. I, I like yeah. him. I like him a lot. Uh, yeah. But their football team. Uh, Pretty uh, bad. 
they I'm taking the points with you, Mass. No numbers crazy. It is uh but I just there's there's no reason for A Chain to come back. Like he's got there's there's absolutely no reason. If he comes back, it's almost irresponsible with mm-hmm. there's just no value to it. He's, he can only hurt himself. Um and then they're just all the injuries and I just don't trust Texas AM to score enough here. I, I think thirty is pushing it. Um so that, again thirty three and a half I'm fine with. And I mean UMass may screw around and get get a field goal and that could be all I need. So yeah. That, that's where I'm I'm gonna sit. I just you know Texas AM man. Ugh, sorry. It, yeah. It's a lot of points and I, I can never fault anyone for taking a number of points like that unless it's with, you know, I don't know. At this year, it could be anybody, really. I guess I would have said, I would have said there was, but this year, there's really not a single team that I would say don't take crazy amounts of points with because they've all, yeah. all those bottom teams have actually looked competent at least for a game or two this year, uh, which yeah. I feel like we've never been able, to, we have not been able to say in many years recently. So, because uh, Jared and I are taking the end on that one, and then Jake, you're grabbing all the points with UMass. To be measured, Georgia State at James Madison. James Madison's a nine and a half point favorite. They have gotten to. Uh, bowl eligibility, but I, I believe they aren't able to play in a bowl because of that's them correct. moving up. So that's yeah, unfortunate for them. Uh, Georgia State, for you. yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia State, a four and six needs two wins to get to bowl eligibility. This is going to be a tough one. Um, Sideline says nine point four, so it's priced pretty well here. Um, total fifty two and a half. Because Jared, what's your take on this one? Would I be able to talk you into a B grade laying the nine and a half points with James Madison? Because the I feel like sideline has been on Georgia State more than a few times this year. And I don't feel like it's ever worked out for us. So now that it's saying in play, played James Madison. <laughs> I don't think it's been on Georgia. It's only been on Georgia State three times, but it is 0-3 on the, okay. all three times. So okay. uh I'm anyway. I'm I'm good with that. Well, okay. I I thought it was more than that. Let's just make it a C grade then. But I definitely James Madison is the side here. Like I don't know. It, James Madison just kind of takes care of business. Like they're not flashy, they're not beautiful, but they they in the games that they should win, they win. And so I I think laying the nine and a half points is the right side. As with every team and every year, there's a handful of teams that the model does really well with, and a handful of teams that does poor with. I think it's like two and five fading Georgia State too. The model just yeah. has not done well with Georgia State. I don't. Yeah. It, again, every year there's just randomly teams that's going to work out or just going to be on the right side. And a lot of times it's like on the right side of a bunch of one point, two point, just kind of lucky things inflating a team making it you know doing really well with a team and really bad with a team and it just has not i've been really frustrated with georgia state so uh yeah. I, I feel like uh i'm i'm fine fading him i don't think they're that good george james madison like said it's a good team at home uh we'll lay the nine and a half with him but just a see great pick uh any thoughts of the total of 52 and a half nope all right <laughs> good analysis uh Jake, what do you have <laughs> <laughs> Fly ball caught. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm playing the over. Uh, I I just I don't think the team's defenses are that good. Um, but their offenses are pretty good. I, they have a combined five games that didn't clear this number. So I, I think the uh, with it co- coming down because it opened up at around like 55 and a half. Uh, now closer to 50 here. I'm, I'm playing it at 52 and a half. It's I'll, I'll lean towards taking the points with James Madison, but I'm just not sure they can get it done by double digits. And I don't, th- I don't know that Georgia State has a squad to keep it close, so I'm, I'm just going to avoid the side. But I really like the total. I think these these uh, offenses are ranking pretty good, uh, pretty high up there. I mean, James Madison and and to- total offenses ranking like 16. Uh, so th- there's some 
decent uh, decent talent in these squads. And James Madison might pull all the Bellarmine and just really want to put their stamp on their first year up, uh, even though it, it can't go any farther than that. I mean, I would. What else do you do in these next two yeah. weeks? I mean, yeah. uh, absolutely. So, because uh, Jerry and I are going to lay the nine and a half with James Madison, and then Jake is going to take the over 52 and a half. Uh, weird start time here, 2.15 Eastern. Uh, maybe this is also a Pac-12 Network game. We talked about one yesterday. I don't know. I don't know what's on Pac-12 Network. Uh, very weird start time. This Next week, I feel like we get all these weird start times, all the Friday games and Saturday games. Like the start times, I feel like around Thanksgiving weekend get super weird. I guess we're just getting into it a little early here. Uh, Oregon State and Arizona State. Sadly, says this should be Oregon State minus 11.4. Uh, we have the opportunity to only lay eight, so it's it's a little bit of an edge. Not as much as you would think here, but a little bit of an edge for us to lay the eight with Oregon State. Um, they're seven and three. Arizona State's three and seven. I've got Oregon State ranked twenty first. Arizona State ranked seventy sixth. Uh, total is fifty four. Arizona State's been a little bit more of an over team here most of the time, but they have been drugged down into some lower scoring games. Yeah when the other team wants to play a lower scoring game, that's kind of more what Oregon state wants to do. Um, I'm kind of thinking lay the eight with Oregon state. I'm kind of leaning under, I don't know if 54 is good enough for you. Uh, that's kind of where my head is at on this game. Cause Jared, where's yours? I want to lay the eight points with Oregon state as well. I think Oregon state's one of those teams. They know exactly who they are in Arizona state. I mean, obviously they don't have a, a full-time coach. I don't think Arizona state knows, knows who they are uh, to your point. They'll play high-scoring games. They can get drugged down into low-scoring games. Uh, it just feels like whenever they play, the other team is kind of in control. And if Oregon State can get you to play their type of game, you're not going to have a chance there. So um, I would be willing to give this a, a B grade. I, I think Oregon State is going to take care of business. Um, so I say right, give I'm, a B grade to lay in the eight, eight points. I'm good with that. Can I talk you into C grade on the other 54 under the theory that Arizona State is just going to play whatever game that the other team wants them to play? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can get behind that. Uh, under much more appealing to me than, than to over. This is one of those games where Oregon State kind of has their way and it's the middle of the third quarter and you're like, yep, there's no way this game's going over. Yep, absolutely. So we'll go B grade, Oregon State minus eight, C grade under 54. Uh, Jake, what do you have? Nothing. I, I just don't understand either of these teams or how they're going to work. So I, I just going to avoid that, especially with it in that no man's land between seven and 10. I don't like that. So I'm just going to stay away from this game as a whole. And I'm happy it's probably on the Pac-12 network, so I don't have to worry about avoiding it on my TV either. (laughs) Alrighty, 2.30 Eastern, Old Dominion at App State. Total in this one's 51. App State is a 16-point favorite. Southern says it should be 15.1, so no real mathematical edge from either side here, given that the projected spread and the actual spread are both sitting between 14 and 17. App State's 5-5, five and five, still needs one more win for that bowl eligibility. Old Dominion at 3-7 and seven will not be going bowling. I've got them ranked 105th, App State 62nd. Jared, what's your opinion on this one? I'm going to read to you the totals from the App State games this season. Well, the first one, 124. Uh, then, <laughs> then they had AM, which was 31. And then 60, 60, 60, 59, 63, 
and that's 49 against Marshall. I feel like that should come with an asterisk. You get Marshall yes. to 49. That's that's pretty yeah. dang impressive. So um, I say, and th- those those only FBS games. I didn't include FCS uh, competition there. Uh, I say we give a B grade to the over 51. Uh, Old Dominion again. We, we talked about this a couple of times this season. Has a reputation as a lower scoring team, and, and they are a little bit of lower scoring team. But that's exacerbated by the fact that they played uh, Virginia and Virginia Tech two low scoring games early in the season. Uh, when they've played teams like Georgia, when Old Dominion has played teams like Georgia Southern. Uh, they've been able to put up some points. And so App State doesn't have a good defense uh, this season. So I think that, uh, you know, Old Dominion will be able to get some points. App State will get more points. And I think that'll be enough to get us over 51. Uh, question for you here. Why is this not an A grade in your mind? Like what's keeping you from that? Or is it the number or is it the variability or what would keep you from an A grade in this spot? Uh, that App State wins like 35 to 10. That that's kind of what what keeps me from that. Uh, again, App State doesn't have a good defense. We we haven't seen it all season. But like you mentioned, Old Dominion doesn't have any incentive to really play out play things out hard. They're not going to a bowl game or anything. They I feel like they could quit in the middle of the second half, depending on what was going on. So that's part of the thing. Uh, and just Old Dominion, uh, they're just not the, the team that just instills a lot of. I mean, we know how I feel about overs anyway. Like you know, if I could go the rest of my life without playing an over, you know, I might do that. So it's just one of those things. That a, a game. With a team like Old Dominion, I just can't get enough confidence to give it an A grade. Hmm. Hmm. I just, I think, I, here, I heard the scores you listed off and Marshall getting two points to this number. Yeah. Uh, it just, it feels like there should be nothing holding us back from an A grade. That's just my, my personal opinion. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even Coastal got Old Dominion. That game had 70 points. Um, so yeah, we'll give we'll give it we can give it an A grade. Uh, I, I can, all right, we got I an A grade because uh, I mean Old Dominion when you again Old Dominion plays in the Sun Belt right, so they have played some of those Sun Belt West teams where it's hard to score. They 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 have yep. played Marshall as well. Uh, they also played James Madison in the East, who is uh, more of a defensive team than an offensive team. So sure, I can I can get us an A grade on that. Yeah. It, 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 we just talked about Arizona State. I think Old Dominion is kind of a similar team. They've just kind of been very comfortable playing whatever type of game you want to play with them. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I, I do believe there was one exception for Old Dominion where we were very surprised at the type of game they played. For the most part, they've just kind of gone with whatever team, whatever they want to do. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. I, like I said, this is this number at fifty-one. You know, if it was, uh, you know, fifty-two and a half, I'd be a little bit more concerned. Right. Um, but at 51 feels like a great number. So we'll go a grade over 51 in this game. We're going to pass on the slide. That number personally is just pretty gross. Somewhere between 14 and 17. I, I, yep. If I was going to do something, I would just lay it with app state and just assume that old dominion has nothing to play for. But I, I just, I don't really like laying this one with the 14 personally. Uh, Jake, what's your take on this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to lay it with app state and I'm going to take the over to, uh, I mean, did, did old dominion win their super bowl week one? Like, was that it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They won two games since then. Like it's, I don't know. I mean, I just they they look terrible ever since then. Like I mean, I, even the Virginia game they didn't look great in, and they lost. The, and Virginia has been terrible ever since then. I feel like I'm Charles Barkley as many times I'm saying terrible. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Chase terrible, Bryce, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Uh, Chase Bryce has looked good. I mean, he's quietly having a good year this year for App State with 25 TDs. Um, they've got a pretty good rushing attack too. Uh, Old Dominion's defense is not anything special whatsoever and their offense can be very one-dimensional uh so i think laying the points is pretty easy here um and i mean when i say one-dimensional it's really blake walton dependent he's got over 100 100 more carries than the next guy and he's also tied for uh 
what second in receptions. So it's just the offense is all through him, and it's not it's not hard to game plan for him. So I I really like App State here, and I'll take the over because I think App State can put up a number, and Old Dominion's not gonna have much to say about it. Yeah, I, I feel like if App State scores, you know, thirty eight in this game, you know, forty two in this game, I would not be surprised. Yeah. And we can do a college football and college basketball crossover here. In my mind, Chase Bryce is the Greg Paulus of college football. Yes. Because yeah. he's been there for 15 years. Well, he's been at like several different schools too, it feels like. And, um, well, yeah, Chase Bryce was. At least Paulus was only at uh, Duke, I think. Well, then he went to play quarterback at Syracuse. Syracuse. For yeah, years. yeah. Yeah, so exactly. Multiple schools, 15 years each. There you go. I don't even know what's happening anymore. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, two thirty Eastern, Boston College at Notre Dame. A little bit of a, a little bit of a rivalry ish game here, I guess. A half a Notre Dame schedule a rivalry game. It seems like yeah. uh, they're twenty and a half point favorites. Good Notre Dame ranked twenty fifth. Boston College ninety eighth. Southern says twenty point seven. So this is priced fairly well. Totals forty three. Where some of the weather's gonna be pretty cold, pretty nasty here. Um, you know, I, I don't really want to take 20 and a half Boston college. That's, that's for certain. Um, the question I have is, is, is it better to lay 20 and a half with Notre Dame? The problem with that is we've seen Notre Dame come up flat in so many spots. The, the loss to Stanford, uh, the loss to Marshall, the game last week, which again, I'm trying to forget uh, against, against Navy. They weren't able to put away UNLV. And I believe that was without Brumfield. So Notre Dame's had yeah. so many spots where they come up flat, but they've had like the Clemson game. I put everything together. So I, Notre Dame clearly a flawed team, uh, clearly got some talent, but clearly sometimes against a weaker team doesn't really show up. Or is it better to take the under 43? I'm letting it's better take the under 43. Uh, obviously, I really wish it was 44, 45, which it was early in the week. Uh, but I think with the weather being rough, I, I think there's a decent chance this game still stays really low scoring. At least I think that's our, our best bet. But I'm not really that feeling strongly about it. Because, uh, Jared, what is your take on this game? Uh, man, this is tough because Notre Dame, the past month of the season, they had games get to 65, 65, yeah. and then 49, and then last week with Navy, 67. I don't know how that game got to 67 wow. points. Um, I know the weather is going to be bad. Ah, uh, man, this is a this is a tough one. I would almost lean over like – Think Notre Dame has figured something out, and going to fix their fix their offense. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is like you go look at Boston College. But and uh, yeah, I was gonna say let's look at let's look at Boston College. Now, the Louisville game was weird, but after that, the game against Clemson had thirty four. Even against and, Wake, only got to fifty eight, and that's pretty yeah. impressive for Wake. The UConn yeah. game had sixteen last yeah. week against NC State, forty one. The the Duke game yeah. went over, and that's. That I still don't know what to make of Duke. We've been just all yeah. on Duke totals all season. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you. That's why I said I don't really love the under. If this was the Notre Dame that we saw at the beginning of the season, I would mm-hmm. be all over this under, even under 44. I'd say I don't care. Oh yeah, whether yeah, bad. Yeah. This game's gonna be you know 17 to something or 21 to maybe 21 zip, maybe 21 three, whatever. Right? Um, yeah. I, I'm. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, let let's 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 go with what would you, you say? Sideline made it twenty one, twenty point seven. Oh God, let's take the, you know what? Let's take the twenty and a half points with Boston College. 
Look ahead spot for Notre Dame here. They got How USC next week. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I think it was like week zero when we said that we're going to talk about every game. And I was like, we're going to talk about every game. We said, yeah, we're going to talk about every game. Uh, so this is, I guess that's what have I done? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take hmm. it's a 20 and a half points because if, um, if, if the game goes over, it's because Boston College scores some points. If the game goes under, it means that Notre Dame didn't score very many points. You got to look ahead spot for with Notre Dame and USC next week. So let's take the 20 and a half and say some of those scenarios give us a decent shot of getting a cover. Some of those scenarios. I mean, that's true. I, you can't argue with that. I, um, I, said, sure. I, I said most of those scenarios, not some. Of oh, those oh most. Okay. I, I heard some. Oh, I heard some too. <laughs> oh, oops. I meant to say most. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, sure. Whatever. Uh, we'll go see great pick on Boston college uh, plus 20 and a half. We are, we are going to actually officially risk one unit on this game, which uh, it's my fault. I, I put us here. I made the rules. It's my show. I can make whatever rules I want. I made the rule that we're going to yeah. make a pick on every game. And so here we are. We have made a C grade pick on Boston college plus 20 and a half. Uh, I, 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 I do agree with what you were saying at least that is a look at spot i do think notre dame is looking ahead to usc if notre dame had taken care of business against unlv or navy last week and won those games yeah. big i would say there's no way you could talk me into boston college but yeah we've seen notre dame give up a couple back doors already this year um or in the unlv case wouldn't even back door which they just could never get out and then mm-hmm. last week was the massive back door so sure uh we'll go see your pick on bc plus 20 and a half uh jake what do you have for this game? Look, I'm, I'm laying the points with Notre Dame because for some reason, I think the school and everybody is mad at whatever contract they did to get the Notre Dame basketball team into the ACC conference. They are so mad at what the football conference says, uh, football has been that they have to play, what, like seven games a year or something like that. And something it's like that. been all terrible games. So they just take it out on them. They have destroyed every ACC opponent that they've come across. I mean, they – Beat, beat Clemson. They beat Notre Dame. Or not Notre Dame. Notre Dame can't beat Notre Dame. Uh, they can beat North Carolina. I mean, they can. <laughs> <laughs> but they beat North Carolina. Um, Sometimes they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I put last week out of your mind because I'm not – I didn't watch the game, but I'm not confident that Notre Dame came out of the locker room at halftime. Um, they were up 35-13, and I just think they said, Navy can't score enough, so we're just going to pack it up. And they were right. So that's that's how I'm thinking that game went, uh, but I mean Pine has looked better in, since in the last half of the year. Not crazy stats, but he's not making as many dumb decisions, and that's just as important when whether you got yeah. a decent defense like that, like they have, and make and you got a guy like My, uh, Meyer there on the tight end. Uh, it's not it shouldn't be hard to put up some points. So I, I think they'll get this by three touchdowns because Boston College is bad, so bad. They're bad. Um, I think if you are, if you're still with us on this game and haven't clicked on the timestamp for the next game, um, I think, you know, if you, if you look at this and I think what we're trying to communicate is Notre Dame's a really high variable to high variance team. And if you want to just say pass, it's a big number, high variance team, totally respect that decision. I don't think that's a bad move at all. I think if you're going to play this game, hopefully what you've heard, the things to think on is Jake, you made the comment. You said, put last week out of your mind. Well, if, if you're doing that, it's not just last week. You're putting UNLV out of your mind. You're putting Stanford out of your mind. You're putting Marshall out of your mind. But the Clemson game happened too. 
And so if you're taking Boston College, you're almost saying put the Clemson game out of your mind or put the first half against Ohio State out of your mind, that sort of thing. So it's almost a which one – which Notre Dame do you think is real? Which one do you think is going to show up? Well, I think – God, we've spent way too much time on this game. Yeah. So the, the the thing is is that Notre Dame has played best in their big biggest games of the season, and they have played their worst in the games where you would not expect – you know, you would expect them to, to blow the other team out. So, yeah, they, they're, they, they're just one of those weird teams this year. Almost like Cincinnati last year was the prime yeah. example of that. And then yeah. this year, like we talked about, maybe Cincinnati's doing the same thing, or maybe they just aren't that good this year. Uh, but that's yeah. definitely what Notre Dame uh, is is doing this year, what Cincinnati did last year. So yeah. so things to think on if, if you're interested in playing this game. Again, yeah. if you just say Notre Dame's high variance, want to pass, big number, also totally respect that decision. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, Texas at Kansas. Uh, I, I guess contrary to reports, Texas is not back. Uh <laughs> They're six. I couldn't help myself. They are six and four, and Sideline has them ranked eleventh. And it's not the only model. Like there are models that have them in the almost every yeah, other thing I've seen yeah. probably has a top ten. Um, they're clearly a good team. They are still a flawed team, and I, you know, Sideline says nine point two. So this isn't the craziest number that I've seen. But you know, Kansas is a decent team. Texas has struggled with Kansas going on the road here. It does make me a little concerned if Texas can go out there and win this game handily. Um, total of 63 and a half. Assuming the weather's nice. I don't see who gets stops, but I didn't see who got stops in the TCU game. And my goodness, what in the world happened my, there, right? That, that game broke my brain. And I, I am not going to touch the total in this game because I am still coping and trying to regain some strength from what happened in that TCU Texas game. I thought that was the first quarter score when I looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the, the counter to that is. Look at what Kansas has done. Kansas played Oklahoma and got to 94 points. In Tech, they got to 71 points. Against TCU, they got to 69 points. Against Houston, they got to 78 points. Against West Virginia, that game did go to overtime, but there were still 97 points. I still think the over's the right side here, but my confidence level after last week has taken a huge hit. I would have said, I, I know this is on the wrong side of a key number, but, but entering before last week, I would have said a grade on the over. I don't care. After mm-hmm. last week, I still think we should be on the over. I just, I'm definitely scaling back my confidence level, but I think the overplay is a little bit more about Kansas than about Texas. Kansas gives up so many rushing yards and Texas has so many running backs. Texas is going to score yeah. in a hurry. And that's the case to make Texas minus nine. And that's, you know, sideline says 9.2. So I don't think either side's really that crazy. I, again, I, it, it feels crazy to take this state in the season and a nine and a four team on the road against another nine and a four team. How, you know, winning by double digits seems a little bit crazy, but all nine of yeah. all six or sorry, six and four, all six and four teams aren't made equal. Um, and like I said, Texas is going to be able to run all over Kansas and, Last week aside, I would have said Kansas could put up points on Texas. Now I don't really know. The one thing I am confident on, though, I think Texas will get back to scoring because their running back should be able to have a field day in this game. So I think the most confident thing I would say is the over. But again, after last week, it's not even that (laughs) that confident. Uh, Because, Jared, what do you have to say about this one? Okay, so we can do a C grade on the over 63, but I'm really more interested in your thoughts on the side. Do you feel strongly enough either way on a side to give a C grade one way or the other? If I had to pick, I'd, I'd, I'd honestly, I'd lay the nine with Texas. And, and the reason mm-hmm. why I would is 
sideline's been heavily fading Texas relative to the market the last mm-hmm. several many weeks. And now it says it's priced pretty accurately. And I do think Kansas can score. Yeah. But like I said, the one thing I'm confident in is that Texas will score. And if Texas does score, they have a better chance of covering nine because yeah. Kansas needs to hang in there with them. So uh, I, I would lean Texas minus nine if I had to uh, mm-hmm. make a pick on this one. Okay. Okay. So let's just give a C grade to the over 63 and a half because I would argue the other way. For me, this seems like, well, this is just every other Texas team that we've had for the past however many years at this point. And Kansas sitting there saying, hey, look, guys, we've got the same Kansas or we've got the same Texas team coming in that we had the past couple of years and we've beat them two out of the past three years and we're going to, we can do it again. Uh, so I would argue the other side on that. So since we disagree there, uh, let's just make our official pick a C on the over 63 and a half because I tend to agree with you if I try to uh, not put too much weight into what happened last week, the over is the right play. And I agree. I, I I don't see how the Texas running backs don't have like 250 yards but between them in this game. Like a piece. No, yeah. all, all three of them, probably 250 yeah. piece. Uh, yeah. Rushing and receiving, because they'll get some of them on, on screen passes and stuff like that too. Um, yeah. the, the last thing I want to say about this game is, to your point, we we have to consider last week we cannot over consider last week. We cannot under consider, yeah. right? The the goal is to properly weight it. And last week should not really get any more weight than the game before or the game before or the game before. Mathematically speaking, if you start weighting the last week or the last several games too heavy relative to the set of games before that. Now you should weight last week more heavily than a game four years ago, obviously. But otherwise, uh maybe a tiny bit more than week one, maybe a tiny bit more than week two, right? But not by a ton. And that's the thing is we have to try to consider last week, but also we have to not let that skew us too much. Say last week was weird for both of those teams, but I still we still think over's the right side here. But again, a little bit less confident. And the number's not great, obviously. I'd I'd like a 60, 61, a whole lot better than 63 and a half uh, at this point, but I uh, still think uh, we'd go over. So secret pick on the over 63 and a half. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away because nobody would be surprised if Kansas beat Texas this year. It wouldn't shock the world. No. Also wouldn't shock the world if Texas beat them by 100. Um, well, maybe. No, that but, I mean, that would shock me. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, I mean, they're, they're a basketball school now. I mean, as of right now, they're up 18 on Gonzaga. So, hey, just – the whole set, the big schools in Texas just are switching to basketball. That's that's what it is. Um, I you, I got no. They have. I mean, the, Baylor started it many years ago, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> you know everybody's catching up. Uh, well, we thought anyway. That's a different podcast. Uh, I w- I would be with you with that. Texas can run. No, hold on. Houston too. Houston too. Yeah. Right with how bad their yeah. football team is. The best. Well, I was going to mention TCU. I mean, but yeah. TCU is failing this year. Uh, yeah. But. yeah, yeah. They're actually they're the only one who's like they're yeah. like no, we're gonna actually we're gonna keep playing football. Forget basketball. <laughs> we're gonna be good. Sorry, we're, we're yeah. way off the rails now. Uh, I would agree that Texas could run over. They've got the talent to all run all over Kansas. But like, last week they've got what arguably arguably the best running back in college football would be John Robinson, and they gave him. Gave him the ball 12 times, and he had 29 yards. I know he wasn't having a great game, but, I mean, it's not like they were getting blown out and were having to throw. They just elected to. For yeah. So I, I don't know if that's game plan or just a mistake by Sark, but that scares me. Um, Kansas has been struggling. I mean, they beat Oklahoma State after – Iowa State beating Iowa State in their first Big Twelve win. They they haven't won one, and then and the, and the Oklahoma State game was like one of the few games that Spencer Sanders didn't play at all in. Um, yeah, 
and I think it says more about Oklahoma State and how they've struggled here recently than yeah. what yeah. Kansas did. So I, I want no part of this game. I don't trust anybody to do anything here. Yeah, and, and, and the last thing I'll say about this, just if you're eyeing Texas later on in the bowl game, what you made, what the point you brought up is a great point. I don't know if I've said it on here or not. I know I've, I've talked. I've my dad is a UT alum, and we've talked about it a lot that the play calling is very questionable. Um, I don't know how much that's on the head coach or the coordinator, but they really need to be working on getting the ball to the running backs in space. And that's tosses. That's sure. Some traps, some wide, some putting them out in the wide receiver, doing some screens, doing some uh, wheel routes, whatever. I mean, there's just, there's so many creative ways that you get the ball to those guys and they don't really seem interested in doing it. And I don't really know why they have so much talent there that they, my, my game plan would be how many different ways can I get the ball to these guys? And they don't really seem interested in doing that. They just want to throw it deep. And I don't quite understand it. And until that changes, they're going to have a ceiling. So, so your, your, your dad, my, my uncle, how many years in a row has he had issues with the Texas play calling? How old since, am I? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say since, since at least 2006, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Man, I was listening to somebody say like they fired Mac Brown after he, he was not doing as great as he was. But if you add up all the wins or whatever, it had his worst year at Texas every year, and you add up all the wins and from all the totals, he, oh, yeah. Mac Brown still got a better record than all the coaches they've had since they fired him. Absolutely. So I wonder how much yeah. they regret that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, moving on, 3.30 Eastern Ohio State at Maryland. I think it's a whopping 27.5 point favorite here. Total is 62.5. Uh, give it some hooks, run some key numbers here. So, I mean, they're inviting you to play one side or the other based off of where these numbers are. Uh, I'm curious to see who's going to take the bait on this on this year's show. Uh, sideline says that this should be only 23, not 27.5. I've got Maryland ranked 40th. Not a great team, but solid. Obviously, I've got Ohio State still number one, been number one for so many weeks now. Um, look ahead spot for Ohio State. Mention this with Michigan. I'm not sure how much incentive they have to win huge. Uh, not sure what the weather will be like up in the Northeast. I haven't looked at it at all. It seems worse in the Midwest than the Northeast this weekend. So it seems like it may not be as bad as the super, super cold stuff that's happening more in the Michigan, Indiana, uh, or the or the snow we saw tonight here in, in Michigan. Um, Scython really likes grabbing all these points with Maryland. I'm, I'm hesitant to grab all the points of Maryland with super confidence because uh, Ohio state is so dang good. But I also just don't see an incentive for Ohio state to run this up. I think if Ohio state covers this game, I think if you like Ohio state, I might play the first half because I think the only real way they cover this number is if they're up huge at some point in the second or third quarter. And it might not happen until the early third quarter. That's gambling. Right. But it, you know, so halftime may be an arbitrary cut point, but I, I think the way Ohio State wins this is it just the wheels fall off for Maryland and they're up 45 to three at some point, and then they can hang on to the cover. I think if they're only up 28 in the middle, you know, late part of the third quarter, I think they're going to take the foot off the brakes, pull everybody, make sure we're healthy for Michigan and, and the Big Ten championship game, that sort of thing. So uh, I, I like taking the points of Maryland. I don't know how confident I am in it, but I think that's the side I'd be on given a look at spot. Um, Cousin Jerry seems very excited yeah. about this prospect. No, it's it's gross uh, because let's if if you disregard Ohio State's twenty-one to seven game against Northwestern with they were playing in a in a hurricane force winds or whatever, and then Penn State, you know they beat Penn State by thirteen points. But their other Big Ten games, they've won by 42, 44, 29, 39, 
what is that? Thir- 31. I mean, they just have not been close in any of the big but team can games. I, but can I ask a really stupid question? How many sure. of those games were the week before Michigan? Yeah, I know. I know. That is a good point. <laughs> it's also, I mean, it's also on the road. But like Maryland lost by 30 to Penn State. They lost by lost by 13 to Wisconsin. They only beat Northwestern by a touchdown. They only beat Indiana by five. Sure. Sideline says sideline yeah. says it's such a big edge. We can give it a C grade, but man, I this one feels gross. Let me let me let me pitch you a B grade and let me let me give my reasoning here. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's big wins have all come at home. The Rutgers big win at home. The Iowa big win at home. The Indiana big win at home. The Northwestern game, the weather was terrible on the road. Penn State, obviously Penn State's a better team on the road. Michigan State, not a good team. Won by 29, so would have barely covered this number on the road. And that was with a bye week the next week. They had no – I'm not saying that they wanted to run up the score, but they had a bye week the next week, right? So my my push here is that they're they're a little bit – different of a team at home and road, every college team, every, you know, a little bit different on the home and road. So yep. that's my pitch for this to be a B grade is Maryland at home, Ohio state having no reason to keep the foot on the gas. Once you get to about the middle of the third quarter and they're up 24. Yeah. Okay. We can give it, we can give it a B grade. I, I agree with the, the home road splits do seem to be uh, a little significant. So I, I can give you that. All right. With regards to the total 62 and a half, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Ah. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I'd probably lean under if kind of based on the conversation that we just had, if yeah. Ohio state's looking forward to to next week, how much is CJ Stroud going to play in, in the fourth quarter? Or they, they pull him late in the third quarter. Um, who knows? They've had trouble running the ball uh, the past handful of weeks anyway. So, you know, I, I would probably lean under, but nothing I feel good about. Okay. Jake, what do you got? No, I, I don't have anything uh, too nervous about the look ahead spot here. It's just, I mean, I would lean Maryland, but I, I'm not confident because, I mean, Stroud can go out there and have eight touchdowns in the first half if he wants right. to. And, uh, and that's why I said I think if you like Ohio State, I think you play the first half because that's, I think, the way that they cover this is if – I don't think I'll be obviously in the first half. But but one of those, yeah, like it, if this game is 45-zip at the half, we'd all be a little surprised because that'd be crazy, but we'd also be like, freaking Ohio State. You know, that sort of thing. And that's, yeah. To me, that's the way they cover the full game, which means they covered at the half, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just staying away. I'm just too nervous about looking ahead because I mean that that's really going to decide <clears throat> the the season, how the season ends for them, is who yep. wins that game. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, Three thirty Eastern. South Alabama is a seven half point road favorite at Southern Miss. Total. This one's forty five and a half. Because uh, Jared, I feel like the Sun Belt is your favorite and least favorite conference because we have so many teams in the Sun Belt that we're like can't make the number high enough. And so many teams that were like, can't make the number make low, the number enough, low enough. Yeah, We've done really well with these totals, but there's a lot of times that these teams play each other. And I feel yes. like you're just like yes. dying a little bit on the inside, especially yes. when they make a number half a point above, you know, a quasi key number here at 45, but yeah, for South Alabama, it's a terrifying idea to go under in one of their games as much as we've loved Southern Miss Hunters. Yeah. Sideline yeah. says this should be 7.2. South Alabama's 8 and 2 on the season, ranked 51st. Southern Miss ranked 84th, 5 and 5. Still needs one more win for bowl eligibility. Uh, obviously, both teams are going to go out there and try to win this game. I'm not questioning that. But Southern Miss, a little bit extra motivation to get one of these last two to get to that bowl. Um, 
little bit of an edge here for sideline to grab the seven and a half. There's a lot of games that land six and seven. So anytime the model says six or seven is where the number should be, anytime you can get seven and the hook, the model just says it's a smart play. So the model would encourage us to take Southern Miss plus seven and a half. Uh, Cousin Jared, what's your take on this game? <sighs> Man, I don't like it being at 45 and a half, but I think I would lean towards the over if I had to pick just because Southern Miss has a good defense. They've played some lower scoring games, but the past three weeks they, they've gotten into some shootouts. And even I think maybe the most damning piece of evidence is uh, last week, Coastal, who has been an under team without McCall, that game still got to 49. And South Alabama without uh, – South Alabama I think is a better offense than, than uh, Coastal is with, without McCall. Right. And so um, I think I would lean towards the over 45 and a half, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, I think I would want to take the the seven and a half points. I think with Southern Miss here, uh, they they just have a way of ugling some some games up and, and keeping it closer than they should, in part due to that good defense. So I, I think that's the the way that I would lean. It's a good enough number here. I think that should be a B grade pick for us. It's just getting the hook. It's yeah. got a lot of value here, right around seven. Yep. Okay. Let's do that. All right, so B great pick for us at Southern Miss plus seven and a half. If pressed, Cousin Jared's taking the over, but not a play that uh, yeah. it, we're making. Maybe, it, it feels like if it drops a little bit, maybe we could play the over. Yeah, yeah, like maybe 44 and a half, probably 44 is where I would yeah. say we could give a C grade to the over if it got to 44. I will make a note that at 44, we would be looking at the over. Otherwise, we will grab the seven and a half with Southern Miss as a B grade play. Jake, what do you have? Yeah, this is where we're going to fight. I love the South Alabama team. I've been high on them all year. All season, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking – I'm laying the seven and a half, and I'm taking the over. I mean, you just listed the last three weeks that Southern Miss, as much as we want them to be an under team, they haven't been. And yeah, they've dude. lost two of those games. By, by, well, the 26-23 loss isn't bad. But, I mean, when you consider it's without, without McCall, that, that, should, that could have been much worse if McCall plays. That they, uh, they lost 42-14 to uh, 14 against Georgia State. So I, yeah. that defense isn't doing what it, what it was doing all year. I mean, since the Troy game, South Alabama's put up 30-plus points in every game, um, and almost all of those have gone over except for the monsoon. I think it's for the monsoon one yeah. against Arkansas State. Yep. But yep. very well could have gone over if it didn't just um, yep. flood. Uh, so I, just, I don't think the books and everybody's paying attention setting this line where it's at and the over-under where it's at, unless I don't know something about the weather because I haven't looked into that. I, this seems way low. I expected this to be like 50, not 45, um, with the way South Alabama's playing. All right. Well, I mean, it's my show, so I get the last word here. And what I will say about <laughs> South Alabama is uh, I, I hear you that you've been on South Alabama this year, but I think as flawed as we've seen Southern Miss be, and they are a very flawed team, we've also seen South Alabama only beat Louisiana by three, only beat Louisiana Monroe by seven. Um they only beat Georgia Southern by seven. Uh, all these games where they're scoring all these points are against Arkansas State, Georgia Southern, and Texas State. So I, I, I think they're also kind of not the best football team. Also a one-point loss to UCLA and, and the Rose Bowl. Absolutely. Absolutely. My point just being I think both these teams are kind of flawed. Seven and a half points on the road is a lot uh, yeah. would be would be my, my counter to that. But uh, we'll go opposite sides on this one. Jake's on laying the seven and a half. Because Jared and I have a big great pick on Southern Miss plus seven and a half. We, we kind of think the over makes a little bit of sense. Jake is actually putting uh, 
uh, putting his units on it. So he's going to go over that 45 and a half. Uh, to a game that will have fewer points, probably Iowa and Minnesota, 4 p.m. Eastern, a total in this one of 32 and a half. And my goodness, I oh, I just you set a number this low and I'm just like, let's go under <laughs> because I don't know who scores in this game. Minnesota's a two and a half point favorite. So I think it should be 4.8. So sideline thinks laying the two and a half makes a lot of sense. My concern in this spot about laying the two and a half is. With these two teams involved, if this game was like 16 to 14 or 17 16 or 14 13, or I don't know, I was involved 13 to 11, right? I would be like, sure. Yeah. And so I think Minnesota's much more likely to win, and the model thinks that on average they win by about five. Um, I just don't love laying two and a half. And a lot of times I would say, great, two and a half on the right side of a field goal. I'd say, hey, we just got to avoid this game going to freaking triple overtime and doing the two-point conversions, and we're, we're, we're probably okay. But in this game, I, I still think we should be laying the two and a half, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in it. Um, but I just want to go under 32 and a half because I don't see who scores in this game um, with these two defenses. Cousin Jared, what's your take? Let's do a C grade laying to two and a half and a C grade on the under 32 and a half. Uh, I think that one team is going to have a difficult time getting out of uh, the double digit, getting to the double digits in this game. So I, I think maybe one team only scores single digits. So uh, yeah, let's go with the under 32. There's and a half. chance that both, there's a chance that both do. If this yeah, game was seven to six, nine to six, eight yeah. to six. Re- replay the Iowa, game, Iowa, Iowa State game, 10 to nine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't doubt it at all. It uh, definitely feels like a first team to double digits wins. Just call the game; it's over. Like, don't even, don't even make them play anymore. <laughs> yeah, and what what I would say, viewer, don't get, I mean, don't get caught up too much in that Iowa victory over Wisconsin last week because Iowa's offense was, if you just saw the, if you just saw that they scored twenty four points, don't worry, their offense didn't do like enough, nearly enough to warrant scoring twenty four points. So. Iowa doing Iowa things. I think Minnesota at home can do enough to to win by at least a field goal here. Um, again, just don't be fooled. Uh, it looked like maybe against Northwestern and Purdue, Iowa had gotten the offensive play together a little bit, but they they have not. Yeah, I, I, or maybe they've shown that they can against weaker defenses. But when you put them up against solid defenses, Wisconsin defense, yeah, and, is solid, and Minnesota's defense is pretty solid. Yes, that it goes back to they can't get out of their own way. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but someone I saw on Twitter had the stat that like Iowa was only the fifth team ever in like recorded history of college football to win a game by 14 points or more, but averaging like under three yards per play or something. It was ridiculous. Like it, yeah. it, obviously some of these sets get a little convoluted, but the point just being like, it's very, very difficult to do what they did with how little they moved the ball and yeah. still win by that much, that it was a very deceptive score, <laughs> um, which is what you're talking about with the pick six um, and just some some you know lucky bounces. And, and Iowa tends to get those at times, but um, Minnesota's a pretty good team. This game on the road matters a lot. I, I liked being on Iowa last week at home this week. I, I don't like them as much being on the road. Uh, so we'll go C-grade, Minnesota minus 2.5 and, and under 32.5. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm- I, I'm going back and forth on this game. I'm going to wait on it and see. I'll probably play something on Saturday because uh, I'm just very confused on it. I mean, the just the nail home the point about Iowa's offense, their two TD drives combined for seven plays and 35 yards um, total. So <laughs> that, that, that's whew, moving the ball. Uh, but, I mean, Minnesota, 
I mean, Ibrahim's great, but I, they've lost that. They lost their big receiver at the end of the, at the beginning of the year. Um, Morgan is he is he back to playing full strength or is he yeah. done? So like, I don't know. Maybe I like that better now that I know Morgan's playing for sure. So I don't know. I just. I just, this is this get, it might be a great offensive strategy if Iowa if they don't get three yards on the first run just punt just go ahead and punt throw it on the other end of the field say okay let's see if you can get by my defense and just fill position the way out of it I, I don't know I just don't want this to happen the interesting thing about Morgan is I don't know how much of this is. I, I, I kind of know the answer to this. A lot of it is they just haven't needed him that much. He only threw eight passes against Nebraska. And part of that was they were running the ball pretty well. Um, he, he threw 21 against Rutgers. So since coming back from the injury, he's, he's thrown 29 passes in two games. Um, a lot of it's they haven't needed it because their, their goal was to run the ball. And they've run the ball pretty well. Um, they need him more so when they fall behind can Iowa score on this Minnesota defense and force them into that? If it happens, it's going to be like it always happens with them, which is going to be picks, this turnover, special teams, that sort of stuff. So if that doesn't happen, Iowa's probably not going to get ahead and not going to force Minnesota to pass. So, so the question of how healthy is Morgan, how much they really trust him, you know, slinging it back and forth, whatever, how much they want him in the pocket being pressured, that sort of thing. They don't, but I'm not sure that Iowa can force them into that game. And it might just – that's why that's why we like the under, I think, because I think both teams are going to want to run the ball. It's going to be a lot of, you know, five play, 15 yards on the ground punt type drives. And both teams feel like they're going to be very happy doing that, which is sad for football and humanity. But it is – it is. I mean, the <laughs> pass might, not, might as well not be existed for this team. Like, it just doesn't need yeah. to happen. Yeah, but to a game that will have points and be a lot more fun, at least if you like scoring. Tennessee at South Carolina won't be as fun if you like competitive football. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> should, should run away with this one. Sideline says 22.3. The actual number is 22, but we saw last week, my goodness, Tennessee wants those style points. I don't know if they need them. We won't know. There's a lot of question marks with the playoff about who's going to win, right? If TCU wins out, they're obviously in. If they stumble, um, whether it's this week or you know later on in the season – that's a different story. If LSU beats Georgia, that opens up some questions. There's a lot of questions, right? But so, so Tennessee may not even need the style points. They may need them. Who really knows? But my goodness, you saw it last week. They want them. Um, South Carolina, apparently an over team. Uh, we talked a lot about, you know, a, a good enough quarterback to get some points and a bad enough quarterback to give up some points as well. But also that defense hasn't been as strong as I think we thought it would be as well, South Carolina just playing in many more high-scoring games uh, across the season than, than than I thought they would coming into the season. Um, Cousin Jared, I, I like laying the points with Tennessee. I like the over here. Uh, what is your take? I'd say double C grades on what you just, just indicated there. Uh, it's pretty crazy to think that outside of Alabama and Georgia, only one SEC team has would have covered this number uh, against Tennessee, and that that would be Florida. Uh, but the thing about Florida is uh, earlier in the season, Anthony Richardson for Florida has come around the the, the past few weeks playing playing better. Uh, but that was uh, squarely in the part of the season where you didn't know if you were getting good Anthony Richardson or bad Anthony Richardson, and got good Anthony Richardson that day. Late score, uh, got another onside kick there at the end of the game. Anyway, the, the game was a, 
ended up being a little closer than what it was was actually played. I don't think South Carolina and Spencer Spencer Rattler can play in in that same league as any quarterback that has managed to cover this type of number against Tennessee. So I'm good with laying the 22 points. I think Tennessee is all about the style points. And so I think they're going to be scoring as much as they possibly can. So again, uh, I, I know the, the total's high, the, the spread is big. That's why we're only doing C grades, but I, I think that laying the points to Tennessee and the over are the right side. Okay. Not so fast, my friend. Oh man. I'm going to push you on this one. Okay. I think one of these deserves a B grade and mm. I, I'll, I'll let you pick and, mm. and I'm going to lay out the case for you. And, and here's why. I think Tennessee is going to try to score 50, Mm -hmm. maybe 60. Yeah. The Mm -hmm. question, I think, is how much does South Carolina score? So let's look back at South Carolina's score because I mentioned they've been more of an over team. And I say that just a condition on where we thought they would be. Last week, they went under against Florida. They gave up 38. So they only went under because they only scored six. So one right. case is lay lay it with Tennessee a little bit more, a little heavier, because that sort of game happens again where South Carolina just can't score. Week before mm-hmm. against Vanderbilt, they went over. Uh, they went under against Missouri because they couldn't score. Against AM, they scored 30, went over. Uh, against you know Charlotte, they put up, Charlotte's obviously not as good, but I mean they scored 56. Right? So they've had some of those games where they've you – know, it's Arkansas, there were 74 points in that game. So there's been games where South Carolina – has been able to score. And if they score at all, this total is getting to over for sure. But they've also had games where they've given up a ton of points and they just can't find the end zone. And at that situation, I think you're more confident laying with Tennessee. So like I said, I, I think Tennessee scores a lot of points. So I feel like one yeah. of these deserves great. I'm just not sure if it's more likely that Tennessee wins something like 50 to 7 or something where Tennessee wins like 50 to 21. Uh, I think 50 50- get to exactly 50 but if they do i'm i'm patting myself on the back that's a really hard number to get to exactly yeah i i want i want to give a b grade to to land the points with tennessee because i just you know kind of throw out vanderbilt a little bit south carolina's offense hasn't been that great even they, though they scored 30 against AM, they had the kickoff return for a touchdown they did absolutely nothing on offense the, the rest of that game it was uh, special teams that they got them in scoring position with really short fields and everything like that so um i i would lean towards laying the 22 points because i agree i i could easily see this being you know i don't know 49 to 7 or something like that mm-hmm. so i i i i would give a b grade to land the 22 all right, so we'll go B grade, Tennessee minus 22. We'll go C grade over 66 and a half. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm playing both. I'm taking the 22 and the 66. I mean, Tennessee is just doing their best to beat the brakes off everybody right now to guarantee that playoff spot if if one opens up. Um, I mean, South Carolina struggled to put away Vandy and got demolished by Florida. That defense is bad. Also add in the fact that Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee's best receiver right now, uh, played next door to the stadium. So, and he's had this, and there's rumors going around. He's had this game circled for a while. Hooker's even talked about it. So, I, they're going to try to feed him, feed that monster. And I mean, we saw what he did to Alabama. I think they're going to let him put a stamp on it, help Hooker in the Heisman race, doing all sorts of, there's all sorts of different little storylines going in for why Tennessee will try to beat the ever living crap out of South Carolina. Um, and Tennessee, like Tennessee's weakest part of their defense is their secondary. So maybe Spencer Rattler looks a little better than he has here recently. Uh, and may, maybe not. Maybe he still throws it to the guys wearing orange in the short fields. So I think that's where the uh, the over comes in at. But Tennessee minus 22 and over. See, I'm 
really confident in this. I mean, Lord Milton threw for what two touchdowns and was throwing it deep, uh, outplayed Levis, and he had two drives last week. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know where to go with that one. Go shoot that dig at Levis. I, I tried to open it up for Cousin Jared uh, earlier this week, and and, and he wasn't taking yeah, the shot. So I guess yeah. I should I guess I should have uh, opened it up for you. Um, <laughs> moving on to 7 p.m. Eastern, Texas Tech at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State, a, a three and a half point home favorite. A, a very intense matchup here between an Iowa State team that needs to win its last two games to get to a bowl, and a Texas Tech team who's five and five needs one more win for a bowl. I've got both these teams ranked in the 30s. <laughs> Uh, so I think since Iowa State is the better team, though, they obviously have a, usually a fairly solid home field advantage. If the weather's cold, that'll favor them a little bit more. Weather can get cold out in Lubbock, so it won't be like they're playing against, you know, most of Texas where it stays warmer. Uh, but still a little bit of advantage there in a cold weather game probably for Iowa State, assuming it is uh, cold for this night game. Again, Silent says 4.2. Um, really no edge at 3.5, though. At, at 3, the model would like laying it with Iowa State. At four, maybe four and a half, really, it would like taking the points with Tech. A total is 47 and a half. Because, Jared, our MO has been Iowa State's involved. Play the under. Um, I don't see why that wouldn't hold again. What is your take? Ah, uh, man. The thing with Tech is, is like, is Tech going to convert their fourth downs? Like that, like that is the entire question for me. Uh, because I, I think that. I don't know if the points are going to matter in this game. If Tech get, converts all their fourth downs, I think they win handily. If they go like one of six on fourth down, I think that Iowa State is going to to win handily. So, uh, man, I I guess I would lean under. The Iowa State unders have been so good to us. Why why uh, why go off track from that now? Is what I would say, but it's definitely only a C grade because I can't I can't get to a B with tech involved. You know, you know, we had the Baylor Iowa State game, which was just wonky in hindsight, getting to fifty five points. But they drug Kansas down. We talked about Kansas already this show. They drug them down to a twenty five point game. The Kansas State game had nineteen. Even yep. Texas, which was in the throes of their great offense, terrible defense, had forty five. Oklahoma, great yep. offense, terrible defense, had forty. West Virginia had forty five. Oklahoma State last yep. week. 34 so i mean i always say the way they play no offense good defense really good defense and just no offense um but i'm like you i'm only going to see because tech being involved it's not so much i do think they can drag tech into a lower scoring game the issue is going to be with the way that tech goes for all those fourth downs I have yeah. way less confidence in this Iowa State under than any of the other ones we've played this season because they'll go for their fourth, they'll do a fourth down at fourth and fourth and one on their own twenty, and yeah. mathematically that may be the right decision. Um, it's it's a lot of these decisions people analytics gets a bad rap and people just like to say analytics for I didn't understand the decision right. And all analytics is we have a lot of data that says in general if you do this you increase the likelihood of winning. That's all analytics is. Yeah. And in that situation, a lot of times the issue is it, what what gets lost in the discussion is. Going one decision increases your probability of winning by half a percent and not going for it decreases it by half a percent. It's probably rounding it, right? So it doesn't – a lot of these are really tough, close calls. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. You're not really helping yourself or hurting yourself. But Tech has decided they're going to do it. They'll go for fourth and one at their own 20, and if they miss that, 
that's the only chance Iowa State's going to have to score a touchdown with their, with their offense, but it's right. more likely to happen. Or the, the counter to that is Tech having four downs to pick up 10 yards. That's going to be the only way Iowa State gives up a touchdown because their defense is so good. Not the only way, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They're more likely to have touchdowns in those scenarios. So just given the way Tech plays, I still think this game goes under because Iowa State, I think, is going to drag them into a low-scoring game and their offense is terrible, but – you got a lot of variance when Tech goes for these fourth downs, yeah. and that makes it fun to watch, but it's just a little bit scarier for the under because it creates better scoring chances for both teams when they yeah. do that. With regards to the side, I have no interest in touching this at three and a half. Like I said, at three, I could back Iowa State. At four and a half, I could back Tech. Maybe four, uh, but at three and a half, I have no desire to play it. So we're going to play the under 47 and a half C grade for us. Jake, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to take Tech with the points because I think this will be a tight game just because – <clears throat> Iowa State and Iowa, I think their motto is we don't score. Um, so yeah. uh, that's, that's where that is. And I mean, uh, they just nothing looks good there. Nothing about this game is super interesting. I'm not super confident in this play, but I'm going to play it just because I, I think this is a very tight game. And uh, the fact that I got the hook on three and a half is, is why I'm playing it. I, Iowa State team total 24 and a half, even money on the under. It's I, probably I'm, a smart play. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just nervous that Tech goes for too many fourth downs and they are usually able to pick them up because part, and, and maybe they don't this game. Maybe they play a little bit more conservative knowing they're playing against a really good defense. I don't know. But yeah. to me, part of the calculus in being aggressive on a fourth and short is we're going up against a crappy defense. And most of the Big 12 defenses this year are pretty crappy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a few decent ones, but they're just not as strong as maybe a couple of, you know, a couple of years ago, we had Oklahoma State's defense, you know, last year was really good. Uh, Baylor's yep. defense have been pretty good in the past, you know, so just the, the, the caliber of defense is just, is, but this Iowa State defense is really good. So maybe they decide fourth and one against that defense, our yeah. odds are less, maybe they punt, but you know, if that happens, oh, absolutely. I'd be all over under 24 and a half uh, yep. for Iowa State's team total. But like I said, if they decide they can get a fourth and inches at their own 20 and they miss it, that's that's the way Iowa State's going to score points. So that's just right. – I'm a little nervous. But I still think it's probably the smart play just because what evidence we have that Iowa State's going to put up a bunch of points. Right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're zigzagging here. We, we had the Iowa game, no points. We talked about Tennessee, lots of points. Now we're talking about Iowa State, no points. Now let's talk about some more points. Uh, Southern Cal and USC, a total on this one of 76.5. USC is a 2.5 point road favor obviously USC nine and one I've got them ranked 13th in the model UCLA eight and two I've got them ranked 18th uh, sideline says this should be basically a pick them obviously a diminished home field advantage uh here for UCLA but basically says you know USC's a little bit better but uh it's still you know at UCLA matters a little bit makes it a coin toss type game who the heck knows I think grabbing either the points or plus odds with UCLA makes sense. Um, you know, obviously last week was a tough spot, but we've talked a lot this week about look ahead games and that's exactly what that was last week for UCLA was a look ahead game. So I think people overreacting to that is our chance to profit and say that USC is a good team, but their defense is terrible. Both of these teams are good, not great or whatever. Great, not elite, whatever you want to say, right? They're both right. solid teams, but they both have issues. You saw UCLA's last week, but we've seen USC's 
and that terrible defense as well. Um, I, I like backing UCLA here because, uh, Jared, would you take the two and a half in case things get weird or, you know, somebody goes for two to try to win it late, knowing that that might be the optimal strategy with, with the lack of defense in this one? Uh, or would you be looking at the money line? I would take the two and a half points uh, from where we grab our lines at. It's currently plus 110. Plus 110 is not interesting enough for me to, to take the money line. I think I'd rather have the two and a half points than the, than the plus 110. There's – it's also two and a half minus one seventeen for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I, I think I would still want the two and a half points. There are a few plus one fifteens out there. Uh, plus one fifteen, I'd probably take the money line. There's a plus one twenty uh, out there as well at a, at a prominent domestic sports book. I would definitely take the plus one twenty uh, for for sure. Um, there were some threes. I couldn't believe it. UCLA got three for a hot second earlier earlier this week, and, and that would have been great, obviously. Um, I, I like what UCLA has done in their uh, – in against USC the past few years. I know this USC is uh, completely different, but from UCLA, from UCLA's perspective, I think like mentally it's basically the same because UCLA had that long stretch where they couldn't beat USC and Chip Kelly got there. And that was the one thing that Chip Kelly was able to do almost right off the bat was start challenging USC when UCLA had relatively speaking, very little talent compared to what USC had. So um, I, I know, again, I know it's a completely different team, but what I'm getting at is I think UCLA has the confidence they need. Um, I, I like UCLA in this spot. I think Chip Shelley is going to be able to come up with, with something here unique. I think you might see some really weird stuff from him offensively. I think it's going to be enough yeah, to I, yeah, empty the bag of tricks right here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, both of these defenses, n- not that great, but I, I just think that UCLA is going to be able to come up with some weird stuff and just be, gashing them kind of like they did uh, Utah earlier this season. Uh, I think it should be a lot of chunk plays from UCLA. So I like grabbing the, the two and a half points. If you know, you couldn't grab a plus plus one fifteen or like a plus plus one twenty on the money line. Yep. All right. We'll go uh, be great pick on UCLA plus two and a half. Uh, Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I can't get my heart out of the way here. Cause I want UCLA to win so bad. Um, so I can't pick a side cause I can't tell if it's an actual knowledge for me to pick UCLA or my heart. Um, so we're just going to avoid that. But I'm I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to take the under here. I I think part of this is UCLA being able to control the ball uh, instead of giving the chance for US, uh, USC's defense to get turnovers in short fields um, and giving it back to their offense. I think with uh, DTR and Chardonnay or Cabernet, whatever the wine wine name running back is, um, well, can do enough to control the ball to keep this under 76 and a half. Um, I mean, the fact like this is yeah. If it was lower than the 76, I wouldn't play it, but 76 just seems outrageous to me. So I'm, I'm going to play the under out of principle. Um, football game should not score this much. Yeah, I I, I think you're crazy, but it's just me. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, so Jake's going to play the under because uh, Jordan and I are going to take the two and a half with UCLA. Uh, moving on to Syracuse, Wake Forest, 8 p.m. Eastern. Total of 56 in this one. Wake is a 10-point favorite. Um, I think both these teams are extremely flawed. We've seen Syracuse just yeah. in a tailspin as of late. But Wake Forest, I, I think we all want Wake Forest to be better than they are. Um, yeah. I, I do have them 35th in the model, Syracuse 67. So the model does think Wake Forest is a much better team. I think we'd all agree but that they're better. They're playing better right now. They're in better, you know, better situation right now they're at home but 10's a lot here especially in a game with a total of 56 and not like the previous game of 76 
my question at this point, and and I, I, I mean, it's just it's hard to say, of course, but do we have any evidence that Wake Forest is good? If we go back and look at what they've done, they lost last week at home to UNC in a game that they really should not have been even as close as they were. They lost at NC State, who's looked pretty miserable the last half of the season. They got clocked by Louisville by 27. You know, hey, they beat Boston yeah. College. Congrats. They beat well, I, That Louisville one's weird, right? Because, yeah. I mean, they, they sure. doubled their turnovers on the year in one quarter. Sure. That, that was, that was but but I, I do agree with that. But the counter to that is, while those turnovers probably all shouldn't have happened in the same quarter, that they happen means it's more likely that predictively going forward that there are turnovers that happen. Yeah. I just wouldn't predict them all in the same quarter, right? But uh, that, you know... It, it, it does say something. It doesn't maybe, you know, should again, should have all happened there. Um, their wins, I mean, they beat Boston College. They beat Army. Um, before that, they beat Florida State on the road by 10. And that late looked good. Point. And that was where I think we thought Wake Forest was a good team. Because at that point, Wake Forest had gone on the road and handled Vanderbilt uh, easily, which isn't, I mean, Vanderbilt's not great, but I mean, they took care of business. They beat a frisky Liberty team. They took Clemson to overtime and they beat Florida state on the road. But since then their only accomplishment is either, you know, only losing at home by two to North Carolina or a win over Boston college. Like I just, there's a lot of talk about Syracuse and how bad they looked and they have, but also like, I just don't think wake forest is that good either. If there was a spot where I would say Wake Forest is going to get it on track, you would say, hey, it's against a team like this that's going through a tailspin, that's having injuries. And I would say, oh, wait, that was NC State two games ago, and they lost. So I'm not saying Wake Forest can't win this game. Syracuse has looked absolutely terrible, but Wake Forest by double digits just seems like a lot to me, given how they've looked the last. They've looked they looked equally as terrible as Syracuse, in my opinion. Um Jared, what's your take on this one? I mean, I feel like yeah, this is going to be uh, this is going to be like the Notre Dame Boston College game. Uh, we're talking about this one. I feel like I could do the same thing, looking at Syracuse's schedule and be like, "What is oh, absolutely Syracuse really done?" Yeah, this okay. They beat Louisville by twenty four points. That that was an impressive win to start the season. They they beat UConn. They they beat Purdue. Which not let's not relive the end of that game where Purdue would have should, should have won the well, game. And hold on, plays. let's 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 go back. They won at UConn by thirty four, which in hindsight looks really impressive, right? Like. That might yeah. be one of the more like that. Yes. The, yeah, the Louisville win and the and the UConn win that way like looks a lot better at the time. I think we we're like, oh, whatever they crushed UConn. Now it's like, whoa. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think those are their two most impressive wins this season for whatever that says. And, and then they they because I don't really count the Purdue win as a win um, because they should not have won that game. And, and then they they beat Virginia by two points. They they beat North Carolina State like right after Leary got hurt and NC State was just clueless on on offense for a couple of weeks there and then yeah they clemson broke them and then they've kind of been downhill from there well they Trader, no they they played they played clemson the exact same game that wake forest did so i mean that's a wash yeah right yeah and and, they, and also schrader is back so like that he played last week so not well but he played last oh, yeah, week, he, so, he, so was, that, he was there he, he, he was, was there, there. 
He was in so uniform. Makes me, he took snaps. I mean, regardless of which say he was, he's better than the backup is what yeah. I would say. So, you know, uh, you know, like, like a better day for a couple weeks. I have no idea what to do on this game. Sure. We can take 10 points with, with Syracuse if that's what sideline recommends. Um, but I mean, if, if Wake Forest won this game by 24, I would not be shocked either. Yeah. Uh, we'll give this officially a C grade pick. Here's what I will say is looking into the hood, uh, knowing that Schrader's back, I, I think this is worthy of a B grade. I don't want to give it to it just yeah. because uh, I, I just have not liked what I've seen from Syracuse. But yeah. again, you can't like what you've seen from Wake either. And so, yeah. like I said, I, I think this is probably really B grade worthy. I just, I'm just too scared of both of these teams right now to risk a second unit. I think one unit play on Syracuse plus ten is sufficient for me. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I came in here thinking the over was the play. I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think Clemson broke Syracuse. Like after that, absolutely demoralizing win. They haven't won since. Florida State dominated them. Mm. Um, <clears throat> like they had what they scored three points. I mean, I know Florida State has been on a roll here at the end of the year, but man, that mm-hmm. was that was rough. I mean, if I wanted if I wanted to play somebody that's gonna fix my offense, I mean, Wake Forest is in the top five of those teams. So I think the over might be a good play because I mean, you know what you're gonna get out of Sam Hartman. You're gonna get a really good game, two or three touchdowns. Uh I just don't know if it's gonna be enough if Illinois got enough, especially the way Schrader looked last week. Uh I, I don't know. I, I want to take the over, but I'm probably just going to stay away from it, to be honest. All right. Moving on to the 9 o'clock Eastern kick, Colorado State and Air Force. Air Force is a 21.5 point favorite. Total on this one's 43. Sometimes it should be 20.6. So priced pretty well. Not really much edge to either side. Air Force has reached full eligibility. They are 7 and 3, ranked 54th. Colorado State is 2 and 8, ranked 126. Has bounced back and forth between. And all kind of all over the the bottom 10. Um, This is a situation where if Air Force was not a triple option team, one who loves grinding out games on the ground, having long, slow drives, and loves, as we've seen multiple times, just sitting on the ball, literally, somehow running the clock in the second half. You'd say just from a talent perspective, Air Force should destroy Colorado State. 21 and a half, that was quite a large number given the Air Force, just as we've seen, has no incentive to do anything once they have a lead late in the game. Uh, Cousin Jared, what's your take on this game? I My take on this game is, you know, we we cashed our lottery ticket last week, laying a big number and going under 39 and a half or whatever it was. Hey, no, no, we, no, no, that was all me. I'm taking all the credit for that one. <laughs> Fine, you can have all the credit for that one. And I'm saying we need to do the same thing here. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because uh, I, I like the the under here. This this feels like the exact same game to me where Air Force gets up 28 to nothing and then just literally nothing happens the rest of the game. This feels exactly how like concerned. That. How concerned are you for the hook, though, rather than being 21 or 20 I mean, and a half? What, okay, I guess Colorado State is not as inept offensively as New Mexico is, but it – yeah, we played it at 24 last week. And so I, I I think Air Force without beat, hesitation. 
Yeah, I, and I think Air Force's defense is is pretty good. Uh, I mean, they only give up 19 points to Boise State, which, again, Boise zigs every time. We, we think they're, they're going to zag. But Boise State's been playing better offensively. They only gave up 19 then. I mean, they give up seven to UNLV, seven uh, – Army, well, that doesn't count. Three to New Mexico. Uh, you know, they they've 17 to Wyoming. They've given up low scores to the bad Mountain West team. So, I – I don't know. I think we should probably do the same thing we did last week. And Colorado State has, you know, they gave up a lot of points to Boise, but again, Air Force is not going to try to score and have the explosiveness as Boise. Yeah. Um, Colorado State played Utah State. That game had 30 points. They played Nevada. That game had 31 points. But Hawaii, that game had 30 points. Yeah. So uh, what, what they, they, they can definitely be stopped pretty yeah. easily. I would say let's go B grade under 43 and C grade laying the 21 and a half. Okay. Would 44, 45, would that be what you would need to get to an A grade on the under? Probably 45 um, because, you know, no, Air Force isn't going to – More touchdowns with Air Force. Yeah, in Colorado State, yeah, they, they go for it on fourth down a, a decent amount and don't have a good kicker. So, yeah, I would say 45. Okay. Um, just going to throw this out there. Is 42 then more the key number we should be worried about more on the right side of 42 than 45? Are there going to be any field goals in this game? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, if you want to give this an A grade, I always like an A grade under. <laughs> I, I am <laughs> I, The reason I'm asking about it is simply, like I said, going through – uh, you know, last week Colorado State played Wyoming and that game at 27. I mean, they've, they've played four yeah. of their last six games have had 31 points or fewer. Um, yeah. I think Air Force is a better offense than those teams, but I think Colorado State's probably no, going to score. No, I think it needs to be – I think it needs to be 45 because if you look at Colorado State scores, 10, 17, 13, 17, 10, like they, they find a way to kick a field goal or two every game. So I, I, I think it needs to be 45 for an A grade. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll go B grade under 43, C grade, Air Force minus 21 and a half. Jake, what do you think? I, I don't want any part of this. I, I, it worries me. Colorado State is so bad. But Air Force could literally get 10 points and go, okay, we're done. And just in the game there, if they wanted to, I, I've never seen a team have enough talent to really beat up on teams and just decide not to. I just can't just yeah. opt out of it. So I just don't, I don't want it. All right, 9 p.m. Eastern, late start in Baton Rouge, UAB playing the LSU Tigers. Totals 52 and a half in this one. LSU's a 14 and a half point favorite. Uh, Talked a lot about look ahead spots. Talked a lot about. Teams wanting to get out of Dodge with a victory. LSU is a better team, but UAB isn't terrible. I've got them ranked 59th. Uh, I've got LSU ranked 14th. Southern says it should be 15.4, but uh, just when you think about the fact that LSU just having no desire to run up the score, if they're up, you know, 21 in the fourth quarter, everybody's getting pulled in this game. So I think the back door is wide open. I don't really see this getting here because I don't think UAB is going to have an easy time scoring. Um, in this scenario, going up in class, playing an SEC defense. LSU's defense, you know, maybe not quite Georgia level, right? But uh, it's still a step up from most of what they're playing in regards to a solid SEC defense. Um, Cousin Jared, what's your take on this one? My take is that we should go double B grades on this one. I want to take the 14 and a half points with UAB, and I want to give a B grade to the under 52 and a half. Uh, I think... 
obviously a huge part of LSU's offense is Jaden Daniels running the ball. And what incentive do they have to run him around too much in this game? This needs to be quick passes, handoff to the running backs. If you get flushed out of the pocket, throw it away. Don't take any hits. Uh, you got to be healthy. And I mean, you will beat Texas A&M next week, but you know, you, you, you're keeping your, your playoff chances alive by, you know, beating a and uh, in two weeks and then, you know, getting to the SEC championship game and knocking off Georgia, you have a great shot to get into the playoff. And so you cannot let Daniels get hurt. He's such a big part of their offense. Uh, I, I really like the under 52 and a half here. I think that there's no way they're uh, putting him in uh, risky situations in this game. If he's not in risky situations, that is going to uh, decrease their offensive output. I was going to say a grade on the under personally, given that it's 52 and a half, knowing 52 being kind of key. Again, you won't have to try hard to convince me for an A-grade under, especially north of a key number like 52. All right, so we're going to go A-grade under 52.5. There we go. Uh, and we'll go B-grade on UAB plus 14.5. Like I said, the back door will be open. LSU doesn't want to score a lot of points. But I, I and Kessinger both, we think the under is a better investment than taking the points. Although those are correlated, so taking the points makes a little bit of sense as well. Jake, what is your take? Yeah, for all the same points, I'm taking the under. Uh the only thing that makes me slightly worried is that it's a 9, 9 p.m. game in Death Valley. Things get wild there. So that that's the only thing that has me worried. But other than that, I, I don't see I don't see LSU really taking any sort of chances to score fast or anything. It's going to be get ahead and just sit on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, to a late game, 1030 Eastern Fresno State at Nevada Fresno State. Playing a lot better now, obviously, finally kind of getting healthy, uh, moving right along. Was not able to cover against UNLV. UNLV got the back door. You'd have the same question here if the back door will be wide open for Nevada. Of course, uh, it's a much bigger number and a much worse team. So Nevada, you know, maybe not able to take advantage of the back door like UNLV. Especially offensively, uh, a much worse team. Yes. Um, Obviously, north of such a a key-ish for this area, number like 21, Concerning, uh, if you want to lay the points, I think this should be 19.3. So it says that really this is more of a 17 to 21 point game. It's tough to know the model is reacting to Fresno State's good play as of late, giving them a little bit of a boost. I've got Nevada down to 124th, so we're going to firmly in the bottom 10. Um, they've had a couple games where they've looked respectable, but they've had a lot where they've still looked extremely miserable. Um because Jared, I, I kind of think you either have to like taking the 22 or you have to like the under. I think we kind of have a good feeling that Fresno is going to put up, you know, 27, 31, uh, 40, yeah, but, yeah. whatever in that ballpark, right? They're going to score yeah. some points. And either this game goes under because Nevada doesn't score anything. Mm-hmm. or Nevada doesn't have to score that much, and their defense is good enough to prevent Fresno from getting to 50 by themselves. You know, for, you know, Nevada doesn't have to score three touchdowns uh, to cover this. You know, probably, you know, scoring 13 might cover it, right? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of think you either got a light take of the 22 or the under 54. Um, I, I, I'm leading the witness here. Um, <laughs> are, are you taking the bait? Uh Man, I guess I would lean towards taking the 22 points on the road 
uh, I think. I, I think if Fresno State were playing at home in this game, you would have a more difficult time convincing me of that. But I think at home, Nevada can do enough defensively. I think they can score like 14 points or, or something like that. And, and so that way, if they can keep um, – you know, Fresno around 35, something like that, then, then we'd be able to get a cover. So uh, I think I would lean towards taking the 22 points. Uh, and to, to continue off of that point, um, as good as we've talked about Fresno State looking, let's dive a little deeper into this, right? They, they played a little bit better maybe with the backup quarterback in, but I mean, they still got clocked by Boise in that stretch. Um, you know, he comes back and – they had that massive comeback win against San Diego State. San Diego State's still not a good football team. They 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 only won that game at home by four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they crushed Hawaii. Um, they only won last week by seven. And UNLV's you know solid team, but I, I I also wonder if there's a little bit of this overblown hype on Fresno, and they should absolutely go on the road and win this game. But winning on the road by 22 is not necessarily the easiest thing, um, given that. They haven't, you know, the the only time they did that on the road this season was uh, against New Mexico. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe your take is that Nevada is as bad as New Mexico. And if that's your, what, your it, take, wasn't the Hawaii game? Wasn't the Hawaii game in Hawaii? No, I was at home. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the on on the road this year, they've beaten UNLV by uh, seven. They lost to Boise by twenty. That was, of course, without. Hayner. They lost right. to UConn by five. That was, of course, without Hayner. They lost to USC by a floppy billion, half of them with, half of them without. Um, but otherwise, their games have been at home. They, they've looked better, but they just haven't done it for me, other than the New Mexico game. Yeah. Again, maybe Nevada's as bad as New Mexico, but if they're a little bit better than New Mexico, yeah. they all no, no. no, I'm not sure anybody's as bad as New Mexico is offensively, and and so <laughs> I think they are, they are uh, at the very least, a, a half step above that. Right. So it's a C plus B minus type pick for me. I'm really on the fence there. Oh, it's a C grade for me. All right. <laughs> C grade pick on Nevada plus 22. Uh, and we're going to pass on the total of 54. Jake, what do you think? Look, I'm, I'm going to lay it and take the over. Um, I think this game looks a lot like the Hawaii game where Fresno State was up 55 to nothing in the third quarter. Uh, so they, they can do it all themselves here. Uh, I just think Hayner is very good. I, I think Nevada is bad. They've got nothing to play for anymore whatsoever. It's just what motivation do you have to play if you're in Nevada other than you're on the team? So I just I, – I, I Playing, playing for starts for next year, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, it might be trying out for another team if you can transfer there. But yeah. uh, that's it's, a, it's very few and far between. So I, I just think Fresno's got a little something to play for and they've got the much, much better team. Yeah. The, the optimism, if you're backing Nevada, comes from, uh, you know, three weeks ago, they went on the road to San Jose State and they lost, but they put up 28 and covered pretty easily. Um, the pessimism is they then had a home game after a bye week uh, against Boise State and lost by 38. So Nevada is a pretty high variance team as well. So uh, I guess, Cousin Jared, I, th- I think that aligns with your C-grade pick here is that uh, – yeah. Kind of anything could happen with a Nevada game. It could look a lot like that San Jose State game where it's like, hey, they're at home. And that was on the road, of course. But here, you know, they're at home and, and can make Fresno sweat a little bit. But they also mm-hmm. can just get destroyed. Uh, I do think Boise's a little bit better than Fresno State, though. So 
whatever that's worth. Um, All right. That's all of the games for this week, Jake. We're going to turn it over to you now and you'll get to go back through all the games covered on the previous episodes and make all the remaining plays you want to make. So Jake, go ahead and kill the clock for us. Not, not got much I'm adding this week. Um, I'm going to take Georgia because Kentucky's bad, and I think it's just going to get worse there. So I think it's 22 and a half right now, and I I, I think that's low. Uh, I think Kentucky is just falling apart at the seams. Um, I'm going to add Washington State. Uh, Arizona's coming in off a pretty big win for them. I just I don't see them being able to do it twice in a row, and Washington State. I don't think it's quite getting the respect they deserve with how they're playing here recently. Um, Go to grab – what do you feel about Buffalo and that? I I keep going back and forth. We we laid the points of Buffalo early in the week, and, of course, now it's going to be like the blizzard of the century, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm probably staying away with that because of the weather. But I I was going to take it, but the weather throwing me off. Um, That's all I have. It's not not a lot to add this week. All righty. Cousin Jared, any parting words from you? No parting words. Let's have another great weekend of college football. Yep. Jake, what do you got? Another winning week of Mac. There we go. Love it. Texas is winning. Hopefully I didn't spoil the game for you. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We'll be back all week with college basketball content. Again, if you haven't seen the other college football episodes, make sure you do that. And until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>